I think it is a really great, great thing to have as part of your marketing strategy because I think fundamentally what it boils down to is relationships. And relationship marketing is, for me, the most powerful type of marketing because when you form a relationship with people, you know what their interests, values and beliefs are. And when you've got that ideal client, you know you can directly speak to them and it becomes more of feelings over features. So I am a massive advocate of, you know, having your own and nurturing it and having those amazing relationships with members because I, I love my members. Like I actually, I love them. But then being in other Facebook groups and being able to either showcase yourself as an expert and hopefully drive people to you or just build those relationships, you actually never know what's going to come from a relationship. <laughs> Welcome to the Audience Growth Podcast. I'm your host, Nikki Hutchison, and I'm delighted you're here. This podcast exists to help you learn how to use organic marketing, that's marketing that costs nothing or very little, to grow your business. Because far too frequently, small business owners spend lots of money on advertising without getting the results they were expecting and hoping for. And it really doesn't need to be that way. So here on the podcast, every week, we share strategies that will help you grow a business that's here for the long term. Sometimes on solo episodes, and sometimes on longer guest episodes like this one. On today's episode of the podcast, I'm chatting to Laura McGuinness. Laura is the brains and the energy behind Glasgow-based business and community, Glasglow Girls Club. Laura basically puts the glow into Glasgow for thousands and thousands of women and is a huge supporter of women in business specifically via her business membership, The Glow Club. I know this personally, having had my work championed by Laura and been invited to speak in her business club many times, both online and in person post-pandemic. If you've never met Laura, then go and look her up while you're listening. Her brand is eye-catching and her content and community is great fun to be a part of. So it's high time Laura was a guest on this podcast. Laura, hello. Hello. Thanks so much for joining us today. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. I'm absolutely buzzing to be on the podcast. Brilliant. So before we dive in, I know you've got so much value to share when it comes to growing communities. But for anyone who maybe hasn't come across you before, can you share a little bit about your background, what you were doing before you launched your business and what you do now? Absolutely. So I have been 15 years in the marketing industry. I have got experience in both working client side and agency side for some brilliant clients, including the likes of Visit Scotland. And I think that's probably where I found a real passion for destination marketing and, and you know, Scotland itself. And then I went on to become a marketing manager for Fake Bake, and I've never been browner in the period that I worked for Fake Bake. <laughs> Bring back the tan. Love it. So I love that as well. And I feel as if it gave me a good you know, crossover between being in an agency and then actually being the client, as well as working on product and destination. So whilst I was at Fake Bake, I started a Facebook group called the Glasgow Girls Club. Now, I loved my job at Fake Bake. I got to do everything from spray tan celebrities to dot about the globe. So I had no intention of leaving the brand or, or kind of moving on or starting my own business. But I started the Facebook group because I had this real innate desire to create a chat room for women. And I'd had it for a good few years because I used to love chat rooms when the internet first came out, showing my age. <laughs> and I was in about the chat rooms. I loved them. And I just loved the fact that I could connect with people from around the globe, from the comfort of my home. But 
when I decided that I wanted to create my own chat room, I put all those blocks up, those mental blocks that you get when you decide that you've got an idea. And I just thought, no, I can't do it. And so anyway, obviously time went on. And whilst I was in fake bake, Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg was really pushing groups. I don't think they were new. This was back in July 2016. But I think they were only really starting to get a bit bigger over in the UK, if you like. So one sunny, I think it was a sunny, it was a sunny Saturday or sunny Sunday. I was rolling about the floor with my dog Haggis and I thought to myself, I'm going to start a group, a Facebook group, because it's essentially a chat room and I don't have to pay for it. People don't have to pay to join and we can just go for it and see what happens. So that's literally how the Facebook group became. And I had no intentions at that point of leaving my job or creating a business from it. I literally just went into it to create a community for the women of Glasgow and beyond. We've got women from all over Scotland in the group and actually across the globe as well. But yeah, I just wanted it to be a place of community and relationship building and really not to miss things that were going on in the city and the wider country. And that's how it all came to be. So fast forward to June 2017. So the Facebook group started July 2016. So just over a year later, I decided I wanted to bring it into the real world. We'd had no events at this point. It had all been virtually in the community. So I did a pop-up shop, which pulled together some brands from the community, which was really nice. And me being me with my background in marketing, I wanted to go full hog. So I got a partnership with a gin brand who gave everybody a gin when they walked in, a partnership with an Apple brand to get the, the right things for the gin added. And I had a DJ and it was just, it was really like a party pop-up. And I had different ladies from the community do workshops. So it was actually like a full day event, but I wasn't really seeing it like that. I was just trying to pull in lots of different members. And that was really, really good. And I think that gave me maybe a wee bit of a, a hunger for doing more events. So I wanted to trial something different because when the group first started, I was really like, you know, let's, you know, champion local business, which is obviously still something that you know we very much so do. But there was a lot of members who were shouting about their businesses. So I thought, right, okay, I could create events specifically for them, which were more networking focused. And that's when I started doing the speed networking. And that was back in April 2018. So we did them monthly, basically. And we still do them. We had obviously a short break for me, six months off when I had my wee girl and then COVID. But ever since COVID has not really left the building, we can say, but ever since normality has come back, we've carried on doing the speed networking and we've added to the events that we do as well. So can you just explain, because obviously I'm really familiar with this. I love Glasgow Girls Club. I'm a member of the Business Club, which is now called the Glow Club. Can you explain how it works in terms of generating revenue for you? Yes. So the first revenue generator was really the networking events, I would say. That's when I started to monetize the community, if you like, because at that point, I didn't actually have a business from it. I was still working full time at Fake Bake, but I just wanted to kind of get out there and see if I could make some money from it. So that was growing. And whilst I was doing the networking events, I was asking you know people what they thought of if I had a membership and if I had deals around the city and so I was kind of capturing a lot of data, if you like, at these networking events and also doing some social listening in the group itself. So then December 2018, which was about maybe six or seven months after I started doing the networking, I launched the membership club. I was then able to leave my full-time employment 
and make that really the kind of business. So doing the the social club and the business club. So with the social club, that was really going to be my focus. I was just going to do events. It was just going to have a really social focus. But actually, whilst I had left Fake Bake and was starting to put all this effort into creating this membership website, I actually had so many pain points as a business owner that I decided, why don't I put those pain points into a business club and then have two different types of memberships? Brilliant. And something that I'm sure listeners are thinking about or have heard about is just how difficult it is to keep a Facebook group engaged. So I'm wondering if you've got any top tips you can share for making sure that a group is active. Yes, this is something that I get asked a lot as well is the idea of engagement. So I think you can be really systematic in the build of your group. So for people who have maybe thinking about creating a Facebook group, I think you can do it in a way which really lets your members know that engagement is super appreciated and welcomed in the group. So that can be things like if you are, you know, setting your entry questions. So your entry questions, you can actually ask people, why are you here? And give them some options. And then on your welcome post, you can create content which specifically talks to each reason why somebody might join. So for example, for the main GGC group, which is my free community, you know, we'll ask, are you here for friendship? Are you here for community? Are you here for to promote your business? So that we've then got that kind of data. And if we create welcome posts, which kind of guide people around the group as to what they'll get from it for the reasons that they're joining. So you can be really systematic there. You can be in terms of like actually in the group itself, I think it's really a good thing to have like a culture guide. So everybody's got their rules. So that'll be things like, you know, no forms of abuse or harassment or, you know, all the kind of standard ones that Facebook give you, but you can amend them. But I also think having a culture guide is really good because lots of people like to be told how to behave. So actually, sometimes when people join groups, they might think, like, am I supposed to speak or am I supposed to wait for the admin to speak? Like, how does it work? Whereas, you know, if you're welcoming people in and saying, you know, read our culture guide, this is how you'll find out how to get the most from the group. And in that guide, you'll be saying things like, you know, share stuff, comment, like get involved in conversations. And that's just kind of telling people how to behave. You can also reward engagement. So you can set up engagement incentives. So we do that with our paid Facebook group. So our our business membership has got its own private group. So we've partnered with a brand called Casero and we provide business members with hours on Casero for the top poster, top commenter. You know, you could go as far to reward kindness in your group. And by, you know, making engagement and rewarding it a thing, you're letting people know that actually this is something that we like to nurture in our community. We want you to get involved because I think a lot of the times where I see maybe some Facebook groups kind of fall down is that the admin feels as though it's the relationship to them, which is the thing that's most important. But actually, yes, that is really important. But what's really super important as well is that your members are communicating with each other. It's not meant to be broadcast. It's meant to be community. And I think if you can, you know, put out maybe threads that encourage conversation between your members, or I think that's a really, really good thing because if you've got people, I've got some ladies from the GGC that have been bridesmaids from each other, they've started businesses with each other, and that's from meeting each other in the community. And I think they will always think really positively of the GGC as a brand. That's amazing. 
I know it's actually um, when I hear stuff like that I think it's brilliant but I've got like a whole list of like engagement stuff that you could do things like social hour like you know encourage people pre-promote it you can use the settings. Facebook are always updating their settings. So you could create a room, which is essentially a Zoom room in your Facebook group and just encourage people to join and come and chat. There's mentorship, which you can use, which really takes the admin out of it, but it allows members to mentor each other. And I've actually had some really lovely feedback from a mentor who's always wanted to do it and then could do it through the GGC group. So I think keeping on top of what Facebook are doing and like we have probably all really become very accustomed or maybe not accustomed uh, of late the chat threads have been coming out of Facebook groups they are coming on thick and furious now what I tend to do when Facebook launch a new setting is I kind of like to sit back it's great to be an early adopter of things but I like to listen to what the feedback is in the groups and I think people have been a wee bit overwhelmed by them of late so I think it's about like obviously when it comes to engagement thinking right what's going to work for your members as well. So with regards to the chat I'm quite looking forward to potentially linking chat threads to events that we do. So what you can do which I've only really just noticed is that if you do a post in your group say caffeine and co-working which is something we do with GGC business members now if I encourage everybody to comment that's going to caffeine and co-working I can start a community chat on that and it only invites those people it doesn't invite everybody from the group and then that gives people opportunity to introduce themselves in advance of coming to the event so that they can just sit and work quietly and then maybe potentially if they want to have meetings with each other so it's about thinking how you can harbor like really positive engagement within your group and just asking I think very often people shy away from asking members what they actually want but you're going to get straight answers from people. (laughs) Especially from Glaswegians. (laughs) Oh my goodness, yes. So if you ask people what they want and deliver it, that's going to be one of the surefire ways of getting the engagement that you want. Love it. And it's interesting because I'm the same as you. I like to sit back and observe. It's kind of a way of, (laughs) this might sound a bit terrible, but other people will do the hard work for you. (laughs) So you can see, like I'm in a group and they've set up a chat because they're hosting an event and I can see, oh, okay, so that's how that works. You know, you can just explore it that way before you decide whether you want to dedicate too much time to it yourself as well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And also just be mindful of, I always like to like chat to members about stuff first because it's the whole tagging everyone and, you know, it's good to do it from an admin perspective, but it's just being mindful of not overwhelming people with communication as well. (laughs) Yeah, just because you can tag everyone every day, once a day, doesn't mean you should. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Although, have you had any complaints ever from anybody from tagging? No, do you know, I'm such a, I like it, obviously, because I don't use it. And I mean, it's actually not rolled out to every group yet. And it's actually not rolled out to every admin yet. So, but we use it in our paid for groups because we feel as though feedback I was getting from people was I've missed it. I've missed that. I've missed it. Maybe our email went into spam or they've maybe not logged on. So they were missing stuff from the group. So if we've got like kind of vital things, like, free events or networking or anything, we tag people to give them the opportunity to join it. And then obviously, for me, I'm in so many Facebook groups, it doesn't bother me if I get tagged by everyone. But, you know, there will be some people that it does. So 
I've not had any complaints yet, but maybe if I started doing it in the main group, which has got the 36,000 women, I'm pretty sure there might be a little bit of feedback on that. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing how you've grown that group. But also just in terms of the tag, everyone, Facebook updated it pretty quickly, didn't they? Because when they first rolled it out to some of the groups, you would get this notification saying, Laura McGuinness tagged you. But now it will say Laura McGuinness tagged you and others. So you can just ignore that in your notification if you want. Absolutely. And how many notifications do you actually ignore anyway? Because it's just constant. So yeah, I like it as an admin, but you know, I think, yeah, it's it's just trial and error, isn't it? See what your community like and respond to. Totally. And then you respond to that and keep it going from there. Absolutely. So what about post-approval? What's your preference? Do you have it on or off? So I'm a post-approval on person. I think that there are groups that work without it. I've got post-approval on. So I've got kind of three groups that I go between for GGC. I've got obviously the free community where it all began and it never started to be a business. And then I've got the social club membership group and the business club group. Because of the different types of content that we're going into all the group, I think it is, for me, it's quite important to be able to kind of control the narrative, but not in a very controlling way. If you know what I mean, I don't mean to say like, nope, nope, yes, yes. So with the main group, we have to be super, super careful with the content because we have people crying for help. We have people, you know, super triggering posts. We have some posts that you wouldn't approve. It's a mixture of all different types of people. And so we very quickly put that onto post approval and we take a really hard line over confrontation or anything like that. So we do that for the safety of the collective group. If somebody's at a really low mental health stage in their life, you know, they're really crying out for help. That could be super triggering for people who are also feeling like that in a community. And then it almost, it becomes like something that that kind of shared lowness. And what we want to avoid is that happening. So we've got a process in place where we reach out to people direct that, you know, try to share things like that in the group and provide crisis numbers and signpost them and try to have a chat to them themselves. My dream actually this year would be to have a welfare officer for the the main GGC group because life has been hard over the past few years and we see every trend from the external environment hit the group. With regards to our paid for groups, I think it's good as well because in our business group, we try to keep our business group less sales and more community networking, learning and inspiration. But without post-approval, then it's a natural thing that if you're going on a business membership, you might want to sell. Putting on post-approval for those groups just allowed us to make sure that the content was getting nurtured in a way that's best for everybody. But I know of some groups that don't have post-approval on and they've got great like success from it as well. So I really think, again, it's very subjective to your group, what your content is and how you think like the community gets the best value from the group. And also, this is your full-time business, isn't it? So somebody who's just starting a group probably doesn't have the capacity, if they've got other things that they're doing as well, doesn't have the capacity that might feel a bit overwhelming to do post-approval. Absolutely. I think when you first launch your group, don't worry about post-approval. Because actually, what you first want is you want to encourage that conversation. And there might be some posts that you have to remove. But yeah, I would say at the beginning, as you're growing... You keep the post-approval off and just monitor the content in the group. I'm trying to think back now. I'm thinking, oh, I hope I've not inadvertently sold in one of your groups where I'm not supposed to. (laughs) 
Oh, Ricky, don't be that. No, because this has just been a recent thing anyway. And also, we do facilitate a sale in, in the business group. We do threads. So when I say threads, I mean like posts, you know, with comments underneath it. So we do always facilitate what members want. Everybody wants to avoid like spammy groups, don't they? They want to get value from it. Oh, totally. And my pet hate is people sharing posts that they've created on their own page, like maybe on their business page, and just blanket sharing those into a million different groups and without any explanation. So yeah, it helps to avoid that, doesn't it? Absolutely. Yes, there's, there is a few posts that go in like that as well. But yeah, I always think if you're going to post in a Facebook group, make it really worth your while because the sharing of your Facebook page into the group with no chat isn't going to get you anything. But whereas if you were to kind of repurpose that content, but direct into a group, you're always going to get much better engagement or potentially conversion from it rather than just sharing it into a group. Exactly. And it's funny, isn't it? I go through periods of thinking, oh, I don't know if I've got the energy or the time to focus on my Facebook group. Am I giving it the nurturing and the care that it deserves? Is it really that important a part of my marketing mix? And then other times I'm like super inspired and oh, that's the first place that I want to share my news, hear everybody else's news, have those conversations. How do you keep your love? Because you must spend so much time on Facebook. How do you keep your love for your group alive? That's a really good question. So I've been on a bit of a journey, obviously, with the Facebook groups. The main one, which started with no target audience, no business intention, to shoehorn that into converting into the business has actually been quite difficult because there are such a mixture of women in the group and, you know, people who will never be interested in the business membership or so that's been a real journey for me. And actually, as that group grew, there's been a few periods of my life where I've lost confidence and I've had to work on my mindset. So for example, after I had my wee girl, I totally, I know that this is kind of a shared experience from a lot of mums, but I totally lost my identity. And with that, I lost my confidence with chatting in that main group. So, you know, there has been a bit of mindset work on being an admin. I think that people, when I first started the group, I didn't appreciate the kind of power that was going to be involved in being an admin of a group, particularly of that big community. I sometimes really don't like making the decisions whereby somebody's posts, I'm a yes person, so I hate declining posts. And when I know that somebody needs support, that is something that I have to work on myself on and I have to work on, you know, that confidence mindset constantly. But I think when I have maybe gone through those periods of being a bit shying away from it, I've always come back to it because I always get such nice feedback from people who are members and who say that the group's made a real difference in their life or you hear like lovely stories and you're like, you know, this community is actually really serving people. So I want to kind of put my heart and soul into it. So Facebook groups for me are definitely my jam. Like when it comes to all the channels, I do love them a lot. And I love to help people who've got Facebook groups or who are thinking about it because I basically would say do everything different from the way I started. (laughs) Everything. (laughs) So I've got all the what nots to do. (laughs) I think everybody who's ever started a business has got a long list of those, don't you think? And they're so valuable. Like they are so valuable. (laughs) (laughs) But in terms of other Facebook groups, so do you find it difficult to not find the time because we can all endlessly scroll, can't we? But 
Do you find it difficult to find the energy maybe to be active in other groups? Is it mainly your group that you're in all the time or do you use other people's groups to promote your business as well? I use other people's groups as well. Obviously, very much so sticking to the rules. So we've got like a spreadsheet of about 100 groups for business members to have a look at and with all the rules. So obviously, as an admin, I know it's always good to make sure you're following the rules, but Facebook groups are gold. Like they are gold for many different reasons. And if even if you are not allowed to promote your business or share any links in a Facebook group, you can use them for market research. You can use them for social listening. Even if you're not asking any questions, you can go in and showcase your expertise in a group by searching for your area. So if I went and searched Facebook groups, I could go in and answer questions on Facebook groups without selling anything. So obviously that's, you know, more commonly known as breadcrumbing so that you're not being like salesy, you're just being helpful and hoping that you're inadvertently going to be driving people to you. So I think it is a really great, great thing to have as part of your marketing strategy because I think fundamentally what it boils down to is relationships. And relationship marketing is, for me, the most powerful type of marketing because when you form a relationship with people, you know what their interests, values and beliefs are. And when you've got that ideal client, you know you can directly speak to them and it becomes more of feelings over features. So I am a massive advocate of, you know, having your own and nurturing it and having those amazing relationships with members because I I love my members. Like I actually, I love them. But then being in other Facebook groups and being able to either showcase yourself as an expert and hopefully drive people to you or just build those relationships, you actually never know what's going to come from a relationship. I think I see relationships, they're like opportunities and it might be social opportunities or it might be business opportunities, but they're a great thing for humans and their life and what makes us feel like we're fulfilled. So as a marketeer or as a business owner, if you can tap into that like relationship community marketing, it's always going to be a win. Completely agree. And also they're around for such a long time, Facebook groups. So even if they're not particularly active and current, what I'm thinking about right now is an inquiry that I got that actually came through on the 23rd of December (laughs) and it was a woman who runs a good size business and she said I can't believe it I've been looking for somebody to help us pivot our business model I've been let down in the past I've had some bad experience with PR marketing people and I've just gone into an old group of mine, like of hers that she owned. Okay. She said, I've not been active in it for two years, but there you were at the top of the feed talking about a free challenge that you were running. And so nice. you just looked like the kind of person that I need right now. I don't suppose you've got time for a call before Christmas. <laughs> 23rd, you're like, okay. <laughs> so it was mad because... My daughter was at an art workshop for two and a half hours and she literally sent me that message at the very start of that two and a half hours. So we ended up having a call and they ended up becoming a client in the new year just off that random post in a Facebook group. So you just never know, do you? Love it. (laughs) You never know. And do you know, there's always lurkers and don't ever discount the lurkers because they will be the people. So I know from the main GGC group that actually... Lots of people are in there. They're viewing it because it's got about 80% plus active users like using it. Wow, that's so impressive. Which is brill. But I do know that from the stats, like more people comment than post. I know from surveys that lots of people actually just like to look. 
So never discount the power of them. And also what I'd also say to people as well is, you know, members will maybe say, and you know, I've done a sales post and it's not got any engagement. But remember that sales posts are always the least engaged posts. So, but that doesn't mean that people haven't seen it and that it's gone into their subconscious because that's what we're doing, isn't it? We're just constantly putting our brands into the subconscious of our ideal clients. So yeah, there's, I mean, there's real, real power in them. And there you've just mentioned a brilliant example. And let's get into the real nitty gritty before we finish up, because there's been so much gold in here. Thank you. I want to know, have there been any key moments that have really boosted the growth of your Facebook group? Or has it just all been very slow and steady? Can you think of anything? Do you know, I would say when you do events, you will always get a boost in your Facebook group. So collaborations for me are brilliant for boosting the group. So we used to do, and actually we're bringing it back this year, we used to do a rooftop brunch club with the Red Sky Bar in Radisson Red. And that was always such a popular event and they own billboards throughout the city. So all of a sudden I seen the GGC brand on the billboard and I was getting all these messages from like friends and family and they were like, oh my goodness, like your brand is like on this billboard. So <laughs> I love it. That was amazing. And more recently, I'm working with uh, AWF Digital who are billboards. So we've been doing a wee bit more billboardy stuff, which I always think is like just seeing your brand so big is almost just like, a wow moment. But for me, the events massively, massively, they're the best thing for growing your group is when you're out in the real life, you know, in-person stuff for growing the group, because then you're obviously covering it in your other channels and always, always driving traffic back to that group. And in addition to growing the group, it also helps grow engagement, doesn't it? When you're hosting in-person events, everybody wants to talk about the fact that they're going or they were there or who they met, all that good stuff. Absolutely. And it encourages that relationship building between the people that are there, which is so, so important. You want that. You want people to become friends because then they will chat to each other in your group. And that is brilliant for engagement as well. And like you say, as your group grows, people, their members will help you do the work. They will be the ambassadors. They will tag people. They will do all that jazz. At the beginning, it's a bit more labor intensive for an admin. But, you know, as it grows, it's about having those, you know, ambassadors and super fans and nurturing your relationships with them because they'll help you. Brilliant. And just before we finish up, collaborations, we touched on it briefly. Have you got anything that you can tell us about that you've got coming up or any other exciting plans for GGC? Collaborations. So the Rooftop Brunch Club is coming back. So that's quite a big one for us, which is going to be so much fun. We have got a collaboration with Virgin Money at the moment, and we are doing our caffeine and co-working events in the Virgin Money lounges. So these are bringing business members together to just sit and get through their to-do lists. So that's a great collaboration. Which I'm going to on Tuesday. <laughs> but I'm hoping I'm not going to be a distraction for everyone because I'm so excited to see people in real life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, honestly, I know. But do you know what the beauty of the Virgin Money actually is? We've got the boardroom, but we've also got the soft seating area outside. So if people want to have chats and stuff. So yeah, that's a really, really exciting collaboration for the GGC because my dream is to have my own space in the city, like whether it's an office or whether it's a building, one of my friends and I have always chatted about having like a event space in Glasgow. So that's a real dream. So I'm so big on collaborations and I'm so big on encouraging members to collaborate with each other because it helps your business grow, doesn't it? Absolutely. A hundred percent. 
And I think that that kind of attitude where you're always thinking about collaboration, always thinking about how you can help people and always thinking about how you can build relationships. That's the reason your group is so successful. That's what I think. Thank you so much. I always think that, you know, collaboration over competition, there's always a way to go about things. And I've actually recently just, we're setting up, we're in the midst of setting up a collaboration with Business Women Scotland, uh-huh. who are another membership club, obviously. So we are going to do some cross-promotional, like our members get discounts for their stuff. Oh, that's fab. So we can all rise together, can't we? That is kind of the, the mantra. Absolutely. And what a message to finish on. Laura, thank you so much for joining me today. That's been a pleasure to hear all your gems about how you've grown your groups and grown your business. Congratulations. And I'll be looking forward to that co-working space opening in the future. Oh, thank you. Thanks so much for having me, Nikki. Love your podcast. Love your business. Love you. Oh, (laughs) thank you, Laura. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Bye. If creating a highly engaged online community is something you want to do this year, then I hope you were taking notes during today's episode. So many great ideas and learnings from Laura today. Laura, thank you so much for sharing. If you're listening to this and want to join either Glass Glow Girls Club or the Glow Club for business owners, then head to the show notes where the links are shared. If you're thinking about joining the GGC Business Club, and you're listening to this live on the day that it is released, then you're in luck because the doors don't close until midnight tonight. So that is midnight on Friday, the 24th of February. You have until then to check out GDC Business and join before the doors close for a while. I'll be back next week with a short solo episode covering the key things you need to think about before launching a membership. This episode comes off the back of a few things. Firstly, my husband and business partner, John, and I have been working with a client on the agency side, helping them pivot. Now there's a 2020 word if ever I've heard one. We've been helping them transition from an online courses model to a membership model. They had over 1,200 people signed up to their live masterclass on Monday and have already converted over 20% of those people who showed up live and the doors are open until next week, so they haven't finished yet. However, they already had a highly engaged audience. They're very comfortable creating content and they're very committed to growing this new business model. We've been messaging at all hours of the day and night to make sure their launch is a success. It's not something they take for granted at all. Which made me think, if you want to launch a membership, what are the elements you need to think long and hard about before you do it? Because the last thing I want is for you to launch a membership and be disappointed or discover it's a lot more hard work than you first thought. Inside my Facebook group, Audience Growth Collective, linked in the show notes if you haven't joined yet, We've also been having this discussion and quite a few people were keen to launch a membership this year or were at least considering it. So I've decided to dedicate next week's episode to talking about memberships. I hope you have a great week between now and then and I'll see you back here next Friday at 7am for that episode. Take care and if you're wondering what to focus on first in your business this week, make sure it's marketing. 